Welcome to Season 2 of the Basics of Life Conversations with Rob Salvato. I always have to remind the people, Memorial Day is when we celebrate those who gave their life for this country. Uh, Veterans Day is for people like me. Today on the Basics of Life Conversations, my guest is my good friend of over 30 years, Pastor Tony Clark. This is our special Memorial Day episode, and Tony is a pastor who serves in a military community there in Newport News, Virginia, and he himself also served in the Marine Corps. So in this conversation, Tony and I talk about the challenges that people who are serving in the armed services are facing today. We also talk about the meaning and the importance of Memorial Day. And Tony shares his heart for what is one of the deepest things that he's concerned about for our country. And so now, here's my conversation with Pastor Tony Clark. Well, welcome to the conversation, Tony. Thank you. Glad to be here. Honored to be here. Yeah, it is great to hear your voice. And uh, our 30-plus year friendship is just so dear to me. And um, I really just give a special place, you and your wife both, in my heart and my wife's heart. It's mutual. Definitely mutual. Yes. So this is our episode that is going to air um, on Friday before Memorial Day. And so I wanted to have you on because you were a Marine. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your career in the Marines? Uh, You know, and and let me just bring a slight correction. Uh, I am still a Marine. Uh, (laughs) We have a saying, once a Marine, always a Marine. Uh, You know, I did my time back in uh, the 80s. Um, I got out in 88 and um, um, and did my my four years. Um, And, you know, and I just happened to be... um, you know, in the military or in the Marine Corps in between um, the end of Vietnam and the beginning of Desert Storm, Desert Shield. So I was in during uh, peacetime, um, which is uh, totally different from being in today. Right, right. And you really have a um, special place in your heart for men and all men and women that are in the military and all branches of the military, don't you? Uh, yes. And, you know, and, and my heart is, you know, for them who uh, have served or are serving uh, our country, um, you know, because I know what it is to, you know, put the uniform on and I know what it is to, you know, serve our country and um, um, to uh, just have a special place in my heart for those who are uh, putting on the uniform today and serving our country today. And you were stationed out here at Camp Pendleton, right here in Oceanside, which is how you ended up at Calvary Vista, correct? Yeah, that's definitely how I ended up there. Um, I came um, to Camp Pendleton from Okinawa, Japan, and where I accepted the Lord, and then I came here, uh, well, actually to Camp Pendleton uh, in Oceanside, and um, and served the rest of my uh, my time, you know, uh, my enlistment there uh, at Camp Pendleton. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that it's 
because our world is just so much more crazy. But it seems to me that's a lot more difficult to be in the military today than you were in the Marines. W- would you agree with that? And and if so, you know, why? What, what are the differences? What are the difficulties facing those who are, you know, serving our country in the military today? Yeah, I think that there's a huge difference uh, today because when I was in, when I enlisted in the 80s, um, it was during peacetime. And now with people serving the Lord uh, or serving in the military uh, today, uh, there's a chance that they're going to go and and fight some war or go into some uh, hostile territory. So it's just a different mindset. Um, There was no threat of of war when um, when I was serving. And, um, and, and at that time they were also pushing, uh, you know, trying to get your degree and, 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 you know, and while you're in the military, but today is, you could be in Afghanistan, you could be in Iraq, uh, the air force that we used to tease all the time as being the easiest branch, the air force started training with the army. And so now the army air force has been, uh, doing a lot of training together. So a lot of that easy behind the desk type of thing that the Air Force used to experience, they're not experiencing it as much anymore because now they're training with the Army. So it's a different mindset today going in, knowing that you may be sent to some hostile area and may be put in harm's way in the name of uh, defending the freedoms here in America. And then on top of that, we have this unseen enemy that we're fighting today in terrorism that is also makes, I think, uh, what our men and women in the military are, are serving and experiencing so much more difficult as well. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. 9-11 changed the game. Uh, the game was totally changed after 9-11. Our world was different. Um, and so there's this, the threat of, of terror, of, of being somewhere that could be bombed. Uh, uh, and because of, you know, what took place uh, once 9-11 hit and once we, uh, you know, retaliated, uh, now it's just we're always looking over our shoulders. The airports have become very difficult to navigate, th- to get through the gates. And it's just the game has just changed. And so you're right. I think that uh, adding the, the terrorism and adding 9-11 onto coming into the military today has just made things just um, uh, a lot more stressful, uh, a lot more, um, you know, uh just different places that you can end up uh, that you can end up uh, in, in harm's way. Now, and I don't want to get too political here, but what about how, you know, our country has become so much more liberal and how does that carry over into, you know, the difficulties that people in the military are facing now today? Can you speak to that at all? Oh, yeah. You know, that that's a great point that you bring it up because, um, you know, different administrations come in uh, with their uh, political agendas. And ultimately, uh, the for lack of better terms, the guinea pigs for these uh, these agendas will be seen in the military. 
So, you know, coming into the military, you have um, uh, nowadays, I I mean, just I was just told this because there are people at our church that's still in the military or just retired. And they're telling me these things that now uh, the military or the government is is paying for uh, sex changes and. Um, and you know, it used to be a thing where don't ask, don't tell, uh, now it's all kind of uh, liberalism, uh, that has been lived out in the military. Uh, whereas, uh, we're, the military is to defend, um, democracy is to defend our way, but the, the military is not a democracy. It's not at all. Yeah. Uh, and there's a way that the military <laughs> is to operate. So, um, and, and because of these liberal things that's happening uh, in, the, uh, in our world, it's, it's causing our, the way of life in the military uh, to be compromised in many ways. And so, uh, yes, the liberal agenda that we're seeing in our world is being lived out first. The, the guinea pig, the petri dish, so to speak, is the military. And, um, and it's causing a lot of people who've been in a long time to get out uh, because it's just, they just can't take it anymore. Um, and there's, a, there's just a lot of chaos going on in our military because of the liberal agendas uh, that's been through each administration. Yeah. Tony, what should we be remembering as we celebrate Memorial Day? What, what comes to your heart and, and how, how special is, is that day for you having been, you know, someone who served in the military? You know, every, every Memorial Day or every connection with the military that we celebrate, I always have to remind the people, Memorial Day is when we celebrate those who gave their life for this country. Right. Uh, Veterans Day is for people like me who once served the country, and we're too old to serve it now, and it's in honor of us who once put the uniform on. Armed Forces Day is for those who are presently in the military and serving our country. So a lot of people, you know, Memorial Day, thanks for serving our country. Okay, great. I understand what you're saying, uh, but it's not our day. Memorial Day is specifically for those who gave the ultimate price in serving our country and protecting the freedoms that we so enjoy. So Memorial Day is for those who died. Right. Uh, and that's the purpose of it. And, um, uh, and a lot of people get it all mixed up. Um, our time, my, my people like me, we're veterans day. That's in November and armed forces day is for those who are still wearing the uniform right now. Mm, that's a good, and dis- I just think that we have to remember, uh, those who paid the price because now that we have, we're on the tail end of a certain kind of war, um, because we're never going to be out of war as long as there's terrorism and threats and stuff. There's always something to fight, but we're coming out of a type of war. There's people who've given their lives now. Uh, whereas in my time, you know, we, we were remembering those who gave their life during Vietnam or doing, uh, Grenada or Lebanon in the late seventies. But we were, we were remembering those in Vietnam, but today, 
there are so many people who have died in Afghanistan and Iraq and, and all these places. And so we have to make sure that those who gave their lives during today's present skirmishes uh, are remembered. Yeah, my uncle Albert actually um, passed. He died in, in a helicopter crash in uh, World War II. And uh, he was my, my dad's, uh, my dad was the baby of the kids and he was, uh, my uncle Albert was the second oldest. I actually never met him, but my brother was named um, after him. So Tony, how do you, how do you think, what's the best way for us to be able to remember those who have died and to help support those who have, you know, family members that died in, you know, Vietnam or one of the recent, um, you know, skirmishes or terrorist attacks and, and that type of thing. What's the best way, you know, for us as Americans and for us as Christians to um, celebrate and honor those, you know, on Memorial Day? Uh, you know, the main thing is just by remembering. That's what Memorial Day is is, is for. It, it's also for remembering them. And I think so often because uh, death is kind of, you know, morbid and kind of, you know, something we don't like to talk about much, but there are people who are still grieving the loss of their uh, loved one. And just by acknowledging that you recognize as those who died or uh, like, for instance, at church, um, you know, it's, it's easy to just say, Hey, um, are there any, is there anyone here, uh, who lost a loved one, um, fighting a war, yeah. uh, stand up. We just want to pray for you. We want to, you know, uh, acknowledge that you, you still could be grieving as a result of that. There could have been a father in Vietnam that died that, a, a child never got a chance to grow up with that father because he died in Vietnam or something of that nature. Many of the younger ones today, they left toddlers behind and, mm-hmm. and just by acknowledging them and, and as the Bible says, weep with those who weep and they're going to, they're going to shed tears because there's someone who is remembering um, their hurt and remembering their pain. And I think that that is a, a great way uh, to come alongside of those who are still grieving the loss of those who served our country. That's great. Now, you actually pastor a church in a military town. What's that like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like pastoring in, you know, Oceanside Vista. Um, you know, you understand that you have people um, at the most part, maybe three years and, and, uh, and then there's Uncle Sam shipped them off. We just uh, lost a guy who's been with us a few years, and um, uh, he played on the worship team. And But Uncle Sam said, it's time for you to go uh, to Korea. And he had to leave and had to leave his family back. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was really tough, um, you know, really tough for him. So we've learned to... Uh, I, I use this term and people, and I have to explain it. We, we've learned to love people loosely. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that we love them, uh, but we don't hold them so tight that when Uncle Sam says that it's time for them to go, that we, we don't, we're, we're fighting Uncle Sam to keep them from taking them. No, we, we understand that, you know, people have to go. So we will love on them, use them for the time that they have here. Um, there, there could be someone who found us 
after being here for two years. So we may have them only for a year. Uh, so we just use them for the time that they're here and love on them. And when they have to go, they have to go. And we, we understand that's the nature of pastoring in the military area. It's amazing to me. I mean, we actually just experienced the same thing, had two families in recent weeks who um, had to, to move on because of their military commitment. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what's interesting to me, though, is how these families come in and they get so connected to the church. And so, you know, I know you've probably experienced this, too. We've had people that have gone off and yet they still, like, always remember view Calvary Vista as like their church family and, you know, yeah. watch us online and, and yeah. continue to, you know, stay connected and I'll get, you know, little messages on, you know, Facebook or email. And, and, um, and it's just such a blessing to be able to realize or, or see that you had an opportunity to make an impact on, you know, somebody's life who's in the military and, and now they've been sent off that it's almost like sending out missionaries, you know, it's almost yeah. like, like yeah. sending them to, you know, these various places and they get a chance to come in and get touched and, and connected a little bit to, um, you know, what's, what God's doing here and God does something in their life. And then you get a chance to, you know, pray them out and send them to wherever he's going to send them next. And I, I just find that to be such a incredible, um, blessing and, and a little bit unique from, you yeah. know, other things where, you know, I mean, we've had people, um, move because maybe their job changed and, and that type of thing. But, you know, you have interesting right now in California, there's more people leaving California right now than I think any time I've ever experienced it. Because oh, yeah, of no every, doubt. I, I'm hearing about it. Yeah. yeah everything yeah. going on. People going to Idaho and Florida and Utah and Texas and Texas. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's, it's a whole different deal when, in the military, they're actually being sent and, and you get to kind of be a part of that. I just really, really appreciate that and love that. Oh, no doubt that that is that. And here's the thing. And because the, here's the positive side of, um, if I can loosely say the positive side of COVID is forced all of us to step up our games, live stream and, yes. um, and all that. So now these people, we, they're staying connected. They're watching us online. They are able to comment and send little notes. And yeah. you're right. You're, you're most definitely right. Whereas when I was in the uh, Marine Corps, of course, <laughs> we didn't have that. You know, you can send a letter, snail mail, yeah. and, you know, uh, that's what I'm talking about it, though. So you're right, definitely. Yes, we are old, my friend. That was before yeah. cell phone days. Oh, man. Hey, um, how have you and your church been able to impact people in the military in your, you know, place where you, there in Virginia Beach where you're at? Well, you know, in this particular area, you know, of uh, Newport News, uh, we are um, uh, definitely, we have right behind our building uh, about a, a few blocks behind is an uh, uh, army base called Fort Eustis. Okay. Uh, it's an army base right behind us. So we have army here. We have Air, uh, Air Force. We have NASA. Uh, we have a, a naval base. We have a Coast Guard. So we got all the branches here uh, in our area. 
And, um, you know, now because of, you know, definitely because of COVID, but also because of uh, uh, terrorism and that sort of thing, there's, we can't really get on base uh, to do anything because they will want anyone on base to participate in chapel on base or anything like that. So we have to do things uh, for those who are living off base um, you know, so there's different uh, outreaches that we have uh, uh, done to try to bridge the gap when the military spouses are away uh, to try to uh, bridge the gap there. Uh, we've done um, outreaches where, um, you know, we're definitely just trying to connect with those at our church who um, are, you know, of course, connected to the military in some kind of way and seeing how we can be a blessing, um, you know, to them. And and that's one of the things that has been really good to us is just seeing what their needs are and trying to meet them instead of coming up with some kind of program and it's not scratching where they're itching. Right. So, um, so we definitely are just asking a lot of questions, listening to them talk and trying to meet them um, you know, and many of them become single parents is what happens. Right. And, um, and that's been a very difficult thing of trying to navigate two and three, uh, kids and your spouse has gone for a year for 13 months or for a six month, um, little float, you know, so it's, it's, it's been very, very, very difficult, but we have rallied around like the one girl who we, um, she, they have four kids and the guy used to play on the worship team. We have rallied around her because she is considered legally blind. Wow. And we're like, we're like, Uncle Sam, dude, why don't you let this man take his family with him? And, yeah. You know, but for the military, it's about mission first. Right. Uh, the, Marine, the Marine Corps used to say, if we wanted you to have a wife, we would have issued you one. <laughs> uh, so, oh, yeah. that's that's how they look at it it's about the mission so we have been rallying around her taking her uh, shopping um, you know uh, watching out for her kids and and, and, you know so we've been doing a lot of things like that for spouses who are left back and kind of uh, also doing marriage counseling and it's just a lot of things that uh, we're trying to scratch where they're itching instead of coming up with some typical uh, programs or outreaches that no one is attending and no one is, is following after. I love that. There's a lot of wisdom in there. And um, Tony, I really appreciate your heart today and just sharing um, you know, your love for the military and, and the way that um, you know, you seek to minister and to bless them. And we love to wrap up these interviews with what we call some rapid fire questions. I think we have time for two of them. So I'm going to ask you, um, biggest influence as a pastor. You know, I thought about that. The biggest influence as, as a pastor uh, for me was, um, you know, pastor Chuck taught me uh, what it means to be a pastor um, uh, you know, John Maxwell taught me leadership. John Corson taught me the application of the Bible. John MacArthur taught me the technical aspect of, of teaching of uh, the Bible. Um, and, and, um, and Ian Bounds taught me what it means to pray as well as Raven Hill. So those are ones who really influenced me in a pastoral sense. Um, you know, I've grabbed a little bit from each one of those, uh, people. 
Um, and they, they really taught me what it is to be, um, you know, a, a pastor. I knew what it was to be a pastor, but once I started going to Calvary chapels and saw how pastor Chuck was doing things and being filled with love and grace, uh, that really softened me, um, you know, in being, um, a tyrant as, as, as a pastor. I love that. That's great. What about this? Um, what is your heart most burdened um, for the uh, about for the church at this time? You know, Paul said, "My deep concern is for the churches, and that's mine too." Uh, my my deepest concern uh, is the, uh, the the racial upheaval that has taken place, um, you know, in the church, and um, and what I've seen is that I've seen from a lot. Uh, that the church has become the the priest and the Levite in the story of the Good Samaritan that see the guy hurt and walk by on the other side of the street. I see a lack of compassion for those who are lost and those who don't know God and a lack of sympathy and empathy. And, and we have become the Sadducees and the Pharisees um, uh, in the Bible, and that concerns me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I want to try to continue to teach the word in order to try to bring a balance back, because I think the racial upheaval in our nation set, set our nation back 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we're going to see more, uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings being the most segregated hour in America because of the race relations that took place in 2020. And it's unfortunate. My heart breaks for that uh, because the multicultural church was on the rise. Uh, and now uh, because of race relations, it sent, the, it sent our nation back 50 years, in my humble opinion. Wow. Well, man, I appreciate you being on the program today. Appreciate this conversation. Really appreciate you. And um, just pray that you continue to um, just stay focused and strong in your commitment to Jesus and your commitment to teach the word. I love you, my friend. And uh, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for listening to the Basics of Life Conversations with Rob Salvato, where Rob hosts interviews about culture, life, and ministry. You can find more Christ-centered content at goodlion.io. If you're encouraged by today's conversation, please share it with a friend, leave us a review, or give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We have some incredible conversations for season two that you're not going to want to miss here on the Basics of Life Conversations.